Hey everybody, welcome to Artifice episode 95. This episode is a really special conversation with a really special lady, Holly Nielsen. Um, her story, uh, like the story of kind of how she is building her master's thesis is pure magic, like capital M magic. It's the kind of magic that, uh, I mean, we think about when we think about really evocative art. Um, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. It's such a cool story. And Holly is just lovely and so talented and um, just a person that I'm really excited and happy to know. Um, I don't have any of my own news this week. I mean, I think you guys know by now, if you've been paying attention at all, that my songwriting course came out um, on April 1st. So if you are a person who um, has always wanted to compose or you want some new strategies as a songwriter, it's great. It's a great course. Um, the reviews are... are um, the reviews are glowing. That is the that is the word that I'm searching for um, on this Monday morning that I'm recording this intro for you. The reviews are glowing. So if you want to check it out, go to my website, which is emilymerrillmusic.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-M-E-R-R-E-L-L. -L. My last name has that extra E. Um, and you just need to go to the uh, the store. So like click on the, the shop tab and the songwriting course is right there. Um, the other big thing that I'm working on this month is just um, the new album. So I'm, I'm making a bunch of uh, like live videos that I'll start rolling out um, in June, I guess, uh, and taking photos and recording vocals and really, really digging in before, um, the summer gets hopefully very busy with gigs. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to all of that. So I'll keep you posted. And, um, of course the best info always goes, um, to my mailing list first and sometimes ex exclusively. So, um, if you like, if you like kind of what I'm about and what we're talking about here, make sure you're on my mailing list. Um, you can join it from my website, which I had mentioned just a few moments ago. Um, yeah, there's good stuff there. Uh, blog posts and essays and, um, all kinds of things. I try to, um, put all of my very most artful thoughts, um, in the mailing list first and then, you know, trickles down everywhere else. So, okay, that's it. That's my news. And, um, I'm going to give you a better introduction for Miss Holly Nielsen now. Holly Parson Nielsen's art encompasses painting and drawing, mixing abstract elements with narrative impulses. Much of her work is created through the element of line, using mixed mediums of charcoal, graphite, watercolor, and or acrylic paint. As an illustrator, she has published with a variety of publications, including Covenant Communications, Hickman Music Editions, the National Society for John Steinbeck. In 2018, she received the Moonbeam Children's Book Gold Medal Award. Holly has taught as adjunct faculty at Utah Valley University and is currently an instructor of record at the University of Utah. Her work has been featured in group exhibitions at East Idaho Museum of Art, the UVU Faculty Show at the Woodbury Gallery of Art, and the Hemming Village Juried Exhibition. She presented a solo show at L.E. and Thelma E. Stevens Performing Arts Center in 2018 and is currently collaborating on a group exhibition titled A Sense of Place, sponsored by the Utah Museum of Fine Arts. Holly is currently an MFA candidate at the University of Utah. Her thesis exhibition, okay, pay attention here, you guys, Reclaiming Motherhood, 
colon, I will not vanish, will open May 24th. That's this year, May 24th, 2021 at the Gittins Gallery at the University of Utah. The show focuses on resilience, reclaiming motherhood and personhood, and dealing with past trauma. She uses acrylic paint and charcoal to create an atmosphere partially removed from reality through a fantastical lens where images and motifs transition and shapeshift through a narrative journey of a central character. And if you guys live in Utah, you are not going to want to miss this show. It's stunning. It's incredible. So mark your calendars. Um, Holly's show starts on May 24th at the Gittins Gallery. Um, if you need more information, you can look on Holly's website, which is artbyholly.com. Um, or you can reach out to me. I'm happy to like connect you to, you know, where you can um, find the gallery, but you're not going to want to miss it. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, uh, I've seen a little bits and pieces of it and I cannot wait to see the whole thing. So, um, this will be good timing. You've got about a, a month to get that, to get that on your calendar and get it in your schedule and get your vaccines, um, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, it's, it's not one to miss. So I think that's it. I hope you guys are enjoying your springtime so far and enjoying this month's episodes. And, um, this will be no exception. So here comes Holly. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists, and I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Yeah, so you can have the mic like really close and then okay. yeah, just be comfy. Cool. If you're cold, there's a blanket. You can awesome. put your feet up. Like just whatever's comfy <laughs> is is the right okay. answer. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, any questions before we start or are you kind of just ready to go? I think I'm ready to go. Okay, yeah. great. Let's go for it. Um, so I, I always like to start with people by talking about their childhoods and specifically what you were like as a creative child. So what like, you know, I'm just kind of curious, like what, what was the kind of early evidence that you had like a creative mind or a creative sensibility? Well, I, my mom would describe me as being able to draw before I could like talk. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I also grew up in artistic family. Okay. Both my parents are artists. My mother is artistically trained. Okay. She's, uh, yeah, she's got a degree. Uh, what's the first degree? <laughs> oh, we've got Bear. He hasn't. Howdy bear. He hasn't made it into this room in a long time. So I'm. You, you should feel flattered. <laughs> bear, don't bother Holly. Come over here and bother me instead. Sorry. No problem. Um, anyway, so I. So I have dyslexia. Okay. And so growing up, that was. Um, being able to create stuff was my outlet right. and like lifeline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and then your mom, your mom, sorry, what did she do? What, what mediums? Um, painting, drawing, traditional stuff, but she really hardly ever did two dimensional art with okay. me growing up. Okay. Okay. My dad is a two dimensional artist, so I don't know how much she just felt a little 
I don't know if she felt like, a little insecure like, or, or okay, yeah. like there was maybe some tension there or something. I don't know, and I haven't really ever asked because my yeah. dad is super supportive. So I yeah, and also you know, uh, there are seven children in my I was going to say, where are you so, in the birth order? The oldest daughter and the third oldest child. Okay, okay, oldest yeah. daughter is like a thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how a lot of that going on anyway? Yeah. yeah. So my mom was so busy, and I totally understand and can get it to degree. I have three kids. Yeah. Um, and so when they were toddlers, like to have any energy left to be able to be creative two dimension. I mean, I still worked yeah. little tiny bits when yeah, they yeah, were yeah. really little. Uh, anyway, but my mom, she, um, loves to grow things and she's also a really great seamstress. Okay. So she still had an outlet and, you know, and she, you had creativity, uh, like, valued yeah. in the oh, family. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, okay, so so it's, do you have, like, it's so it sounds to me, sometimes when I interview people, like, they're kind of the only creative in the mm -hmm. family. And that's obviously a different experience because you have to kind of, like, maybe ask for paints or ask, you know. Right. Where, like, if you have a family where, like, there are materials around and there is, like, a basic kind of appreciation for and, and understanding for of creativity. Um, it, it may not feel like it potentially might not feel like as much like it's yours. So right. do, do you remember, I mean, but then you had dyslexia. So, um, did it like, I want to know how it felt to you. Like as far as my place within the artistic world, just that like was my family or no, maybe more like how creativity felt like it was part of you. Like I'm doing a bad job. Oh, so, <laughs> like, like whether, um, whether at that point it felt like an important part of your identity, like from a young age. For sure. It was, yeah. um, because even just with my family, I could draw well. I mean, I yeah. was developing that skill, but also I was able to make things up. Okay. And, um, and so, you know, around friends and at school and stuff like that, I, that was part of my identity. Yeah. Holly can draw. Sure. Um, and so, you know, and I'd make up little characters and stuff like that, but I also could look at stuff yeah. and be able to draw it well yeah. for my age. And I, f I think Bear kind of came in and we got interrupted, but, um, I think you were going to say that like what were you going to say about the experience of like being dyslexic and how that related to your early creativity? Okay. Um, yeah. So it was my lifeline. Right. Um, and so it was one way that I could communicate and right. felt comfortable communicating it. Um, so as far as like, if I wanted to tell a visual story, right. I could. Right. And Without I could to use letters. Yeah visually explain it exactly <laughs> to a yeah. degree of what I want to do. But as far as like trying to, you know, if I like creative writing, yeah, it was miserable totally. for me. I wanted to do it. I could think of it in my head, but I couldn't spell yeah. anything. So it was constantly dumbed down besides just yeah. the grammar and, you know, all that. So that was really frustrating. Did and it was also kind of, re sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say another interesting thing is, um, so, so my dad is a professional artist and, you know, okay. if you want to know, I would love to Please, talk about that anything. too. Yeah. Anything that's, I, when I'm talking with people about their childhood, the thing that I like, I want to kind of establish like what, 
what's the origin story of like your skill sets? Like how did you start actually developing like whatever skills you, you still have, um, hard skills and soft skills. Mm -hmm. And then also just like what was kind of in the mix of like how those things became a part of your identity. So that's why I'm curious. Like I'm always curious about what are the other family members doing? Because Mm -hmm. if there's like, I was, did a bad job of saying before, if there's a lot of creativity in the family, it might take a little longer to feel some ownership over it potentially. Right. Um, But then I can also see like, you know, art meaning something totally different to you because words meant a different thing to you than maybe your brothers. So yeah, whatever's important in that conversation. And if your dad's um, being a professional artist is an important part of that, then absolutely tell me. Okay. Awesome. I want to know. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like to go on a lot of crazy train tracks. I love it. It's perfect. (laughs) So I'll map it back around and uh, in and out. Okay. So um, another part of being a kid, little kid with dyslexia, um, picture books were Mm. another lifeline to me. Um, And, you know, both my parents were trying to help me and, and dyslexia there was no I was gonna ask information about it. And, yeah, no resources. No. Yeah. And so they were just trying to figure out what to do to help me out. And um But there was a di- like they had a diagnosis. There was enough of a resource to say, like, this is what this not is. Not yet. Okay. Yeah. So that's even so harder because yeah. then you're just like you just have don't even have a name for it. You're just struggling and there's no Yes. Yeah. I can imagine yeah. that being extremely difficult and frustrating. Yeah, I think, yeah, because I'm, I'm 42, so I think, and I'm originally from Idaho, so I don't know, you know, so I'm not sure where and when right. that, were, you know, what well, states well, and what I years. I a lot of artists who, like, it, this is, it's common. Like, I think Very it's pretty much. common. Um, and and I most people have experienced more like yours, which, mm-hmm. which is why I was, you know, going to ask, like, did you have resources? Um, because I think, I think I would guess it's not just Idaho. I would guess there, there weren't a lot of resources and it's been pretty recent. Yeah. There have been more. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't until I, cause I'm in a, my master's degree right now. And so I, uh, was able to get some extra tests, some actual official testing so I can have actual documents done to get some accommodations. Right. But I don't need those anymore because yeah. the class, ew, oh, no, so the one of my art history classes. classes. Are art, yeah. yeah. Well, an art history class that we read so much and <laughs> yeah, so many lectures, you know, lectures and uh, papers and stuff like that, which was so great. But I missed the boat on that one. Yeah. Which yeah. is okay. Anyway. <laughs> it's okay. It is okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, kind of, so going uh, back around. So picture books, um, my mother loves to read and she loved to read to us and Books have always been really important to her. So there were constantly books around. Yeah. Um, but as a little kid, the picture books were so important to me because I, again, I could understand the language just through the pictures. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember a particular book. It was Blueberries for Sal. That cool. was one of my favorite ones to check out whenever yeah. I could find it at the library. Anyway, that. yeah, just because I could... I knew the whole story and I didn't have to read a word. (laughs) Right. Were you going to say something about your dad being an artist and like... Yes. So my dad is a professional artist. Um, He... I didn't know that. I think I I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He is 
he was trained. He went to Pasadena, uh, Art Center in Pasadena, okay. um, where I was born in Los Angeles. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and his, 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 one of his focuses was in illustration um, and fine art. So he was a wildlife artist okay. my whole life. Wow. Until... Yeah. <laughs> Um, until I was, uh, let's see, did I graduate? I think I was, I think I might have been married. Anyway, early 90s. Okay. Because um, I grew up LDS. I'm not anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, Packer came to visit my dad in his studio and kind of turned things up on their head. So oh, my dad felt that he should start doing religious art. Okay. Um, and so. So for the listener, Packer was like a. He's deceased now, but he was like a an, a high ranking authority. Yes, in, in yeah, the, in the LDS Church. Yes. So he came to visit your dad and was like, "You shouldn't be doing this wildlife art. You should be doing religious art." Or yes, it, whether or not he actually said that, it's kind of what. Uh, yeah, pretty much. That's he what pretty he said. much said that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah. It was it was bizarre was and like, frustrating. How did your dad feel about it? Like, he didn't talk about it oh. but that's crazy. i know how he felt about it just because he start um because he was encouraged you know to artists at the time any of the creators were encouraged to have their art focus being bring uh the bringing in the dispensation yeah, yeah. um to have it be religiously centered yeah anyway so my dad wow. sense you know he's um he he does murals too yeah. in temples okay. across the world. Okay. Um, so he did the one in Rome. I mean, he's, wow. he's always got yeah. one that's going on. Um, and then, you know, and he'll do portraits and stuff like that of the, uh, <laughs> first presidency apostles and, okay, you know, like all the big the, guys. Okay. I'd like their homes. Um, or... no, for up in the, in Salt oh, Lake. Oh, he does like their portraits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so, um. And like church office buildings right, and stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then my dad's brother is Del Parson. So my meaning name is Parson. So Del Parsons, he's the one that's done I actually not a lot. put that together yeah. until right. <laughs> I mean, you put it together. I did not realize that. Okay. Yeah. So I do come from a, <laughs> you yeah. Come from a, like a heavy, an artsy family. A heavy yeah. art family and yes. like a Mormon, Mormon art family. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was it was interesting. So my uncle Dale, yeah. That's a so whole his different like context. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, this is a very interesting yeah. different lens. Yeah. That's. I mean, do you? <laughs> to come so from. I think you know maybe some of my listeners are LDS and, and a lot are not. Like you can speak totally freely. You, okay. You can say whatever you want to say. Um. Don't worry. Um. Wh- is there anything you want to say about how that element like colored? your relationship to art and creativity like because i have to imagine that it did for sure through the lens of Mormonism, whatever you want i mean just if i guess like what i'm what i'm curious about hearing you say that and kind of realizing that is like i think like having you know like hearing oh you have art in your family Mm -hmm. that alone feels like oh that's really like wow that's gonna be like expansive and maybe it was and then hearing that it's like a lot of religious art makes me feel like well maybe that gives you a whole different like your relationship to art is like a whole different thing and it has different boundaries but you know that's I'm totally just 
guessing. Right. Well, there's actually a little bit of both. Yeah. Okay, great. (laughs) I'd love to hear about it. Okay. So, you know, there's, yeah, kind of side or not side something. Um, so within Mormonism, there's always going to be people, everyone has their own sort of little, I've heard the phrase buffet Mormon. Sure, sure. So my parents were both that way with Mormonism and they had their own different little bits. Plus they're that way in the art world as well. Okay. So like they were kind of participating in like the broader art world. Yes. A little and maybe kind of. Yeah. And trying to funnel it into. This buffet idea. I'm trying to like translate for the listener because it's so like. Picky choosy. Yeah. Like these. What you believe in, what you don't. These colloquialisms are so like, (laughs) it's a shared language for us. Right. But yeah, (laughs) like, like not, like maybe not being like 100% orthodox. Is that maybe like a. Right. And when you were younger. For sure. Well, um, and not realizing that you're not. So I did grow sure. up like, yeah, it was orthodox, like we're very but, Mormon, but like your parents just had, they were a little bit more progressive in some ways, yeah, maybe in some little areas. Okay, yeah, in some areas, in art ways. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, as far as like, don't their, worry about your mask. Like, okay, <laughs> I know it. Like, it's just part of it. But actually, like, so for the listener. We're just noticing this mask touching the mic, but it's really, it doesn't really sound like much on okay, the other end. Super. So don't, don't stress about well, it. We're talking to a soft muffled <laughs> I know. microphone too. So, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so, so as far as my exposure to art was very broad and big, Yeah. though my dad went to call it, let's see. Um, so we went to the college in the late seventies no mid 70s um and so art movement at the time you know it was it was still coming out of post world war ii and it was modern art and sure um and so i think my dad through the lens of mormonism uh i think felt that some of like the modern art was um an attack sort of, or just, okay. it was not all that great, even though he saw it and appreciated for the design and stuff like that. So my dad is traditionally trained and that okay. is also where his heart is as well. Okay. So as far as like, um, performance art and all that kind of stuff, sure. that wasn't a part of yeah. my exposure. More like classic. Yeah. yeah. Classic. And, and then illustration for sure through my mother's side, through my mom. Okay. And then also, uh, well, backing up a little bit. My my mom does have people her my mom drew and her dad drew um for enjoyment my dad's side that was part of their profession. Yeah. So my dad's dad who grew up in Kansas hitchhiked on the top of trains. What? <laughs> yeah, he lived during the Dust Bowl. Cool. He even saw it coming as a little kid. He wow. remarks describing yeah. the wall of dirt coming oh dust. Um, so he hitchhiked, I think he was 17, 19, 18. Cool. I can't remember. <laughs> on the top of the trains to go out to California. So like the whole Grapes of Wrath. Cool. Um, yeah. He didn't make it that far. He stopped in Utah, met a Mormon girl oh. and married her. Okay. Then eventually moved to Rexburg, Idaho, started the art department. Oh my gosh. In Rex College. Wow. Yeah. So then my dad. That's a crazy story, yeah. Holly. I crazy. can't believe I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So you, no, yeah, good. that's, that's interesting to have like, cause yeah, Del Parsons is like a name that everybody knows. Uh-huh. He does like all of the, so many classic like Mormon 
paintings. Mm-hmm. And I had I would have never guessed that this is a family that's like just almost like first generation Mormon, right? From from somewhere else. Was he Mormon in Kansas? He recently. Okay. recently okay. joined there okay he and so his mother. still like a pretty br- yeah. pretty new not these like long deep like pioneer roots right 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 yeah. right yeah and then starting the art department and like having having this kind of probably like huge influence on like mormon art i don't know that's just interesting yeah yeah, yeah. as far as like yeah training them well and see this is an interesting thing that comes into play um where the Mormon religion and the broader uh, exposure to art kind of colli- Inter- collided, but intersected. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so my grandpa's classic- classically trained and he's, you know, he painted nudes and he's done yeah. that in his entire uh, career. Cool. And so <laughs> it was kind of funny for my yeah. like little cousins and I, when we were little, we'd go and snoop in his studio and be like, Oh my gosh, it's another naked painting. <laughs> anyway, and so, um, and I think that my dad felt kind of uncomfortable with that. Okay. You know, so and he was pretty much first generation-ish. That's, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, kind Mormon. Of in, in terms of like the culture, like kind yes. of first generation. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So he was trying to figure out how to merge them together. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he grew up in Rexburg. Um, and then he did get his, one of the, his degrees out in California, one of them. Okay. And then came back and then he actually, uh, took over my dad, my grandpa's position. My grandpa and he wow. retired and then my dad got hired. So my dad kind of like, uh, developed the illustration cool. program there yeah. and, you know, a whole bunch of others. And wow, this is, you know, like, the- this is different for you, like being an artist. What do you yeah. want? To, what do you want to say about it? Like, um, I, I mean, I just mean like compared to like a lot of my other guests, like right. you have this, like history and art that is like storied. <laughs> like there's uh-huh. like stuff like this. There's those these things are like complicated. Like I just imagine that your relationship with art is a little bit complicated in a way that's kind of unique to you. Right. Right. For sure. For yeah. sure it is. Yeah. So, um, was it complicated when you were little or is it just kind of more later in your life? Th- it was different stages. Okay. So when I was little, um, being in an art home and then extended art, yeah. uh, cause I, I have, so my dad's siblings, uh, th- two of his brothers are also so Dell and my uncle Nolan, they're okay. both professional artists. Then he has a sister who's a professional artist. Um, wow. My dad has five brothers. Okay. So, you know, and if a few of his sisters uh, do art and they married art, a couple of them wow, married artists. Like anyway. art family. Yeah. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh it's good. I also I mean, I feel like I, I just like really... have met you as like your individual self. Right. And, and also for the listener, Holly's married to... Ryan Nielsen, who I interviewed in episode 30 something. And I know Ryan better because he's a musician. Right. So I like, I, I just know you like in this very narrow context and just didn't know this whole other thing. So that's, yeah, that's, 
which that's is totally, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Which that's is pressure. totally fine. Yeah. yeah. Which is totally fine. Cause there's, you know, I kind of got into the habit of not telling people sure. at first to be able to kind of so establish myself identity. Yeah. Which yeah. totally resonates you know, yeah, with like other people that are like, yeah, I grew up and my mother's a professional singer or actor, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. I don't mention that until later or whatever. Because yeah, you want your own identity, yeah. which is why I asked about that in the very beginning. Like yeah. having parents that are professional creatives can make it, I think, a little difficult for a, a child to start to build their own relationship with creativity, potentially, or it can right. be easier because, you know, it just depends. But yeah, for you, like, it's not just your dad. It's like this huge like art family yeah 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 yeah. I have (laughs) yeah I've got like a few of my siblings are professional artists okay you know all in some different areas I've got a yeah graphic designer a landscape architect a sculptor can I ask like when you were young and I mean like maybe before the age of 10 or 12 Mm -hmm. or something um like a like a child and not a teen were you like, were you, did you have lessons or were, was there like, um, okay, Holly, like, this is how we do these things correctly or what, like, mm-hmm. were you able to kind of like explore, like, what was your relationship with the like skill development? Right. Great question. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So the way the environment, environment of my home you know, there was constantly opportunities to be able to create because there was supplies on end. Yeah. yeah. Clay and anything, you know, you could draw on or markers or crayons or yeah. some paints, but that was very, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, you know, messy wise, um, over someone who was overseeing that anyway. That's, um, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, which I, I get. Kind of skirting I over get it. That. Oh, you mean, okay. There's overseeing I, it as far as like paint, just physical mess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But as far as the, so the environment was, um, you create to your heart wow. extent. That's um, great. and as far as like, and my dad and mom, sometimes my mom, you know, if you asked her to do stuff, she's uh, the older we got, she, you know, would chime in more with okay. us. Um, but the way that it was, the way that my dad, uh, uh, if we had like questions, you know, he'd be like, come and ask me questions. If you want to know how to draw some, cool. come and ask me, you know? So it's, yeah. I'd be like, how do you draw this eyeball? Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll show you. Cool. So there was never, you know, pressure. You need to draw and stuff like that. That's excellent. Which is great. That's yeah. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. And then with my dad there, um, which has been a great influence on me as far as well. And he teaches. So I've been, I've been picking his brain my whole life. Okay. Um, and I've took classes from, from him when I went to Rick's college, that's now BYU, Idaho. Yeah. Um, uh, of thought. You were, you've, he's, um, influenced you. You've been picking his brain. Okay. 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 (laughs) So one of his focuses uh he so wanted to be able to make sure that my voice didn't get lost That's along so the way amazing. yeah with um as I became more uh classically trained and uh yeah. you know gaining my foundation and getting exposed to more and more artists and to teachers who would want me to do yeah. my art particular ways which is also part because yeah. I'm just starting to teach um yeah. adjunct 
in college, which is very much a part of my teaching philosophy too, that I just so want to be able to help students protect that voice, but also be so willing to, of course, I'll try that teacher. Absolutely. And why would I not want to try that? I want to get better. And who knows what avenues that will lead to. Uh, anyway, um, did so you were like older, you were like an adult already when your dad felt like he had to start making a different kind of art. I'm, I'm just, I don't know what my question is exactly, but like, I, I guess I'd like your thoughts on this idea that like, you know, your dad always wanted to protect your voice and then like maybe his voice got a little squashed. Like, right. did that surprise you or like? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Actually, it made me furious. Yeah, because that's, I mean. <laughs> and I know when to talk to. Plus, also, I was still Mormon at the time. Yeah. But I was, you know, constantly trying to, like, be my own buffet Mormon, trying to figure out, okay, these parts are important to me. Yeah. These parts I don't agree with. Yeah. You know, these parts, oh, my gosh, that scares me because I'm not sure about that. I'll put it on a shelf. Yeah. Um, so. Because I, yeah, if these values are, like these values are in your home. It sounds like as a, as a careful practice of mm-hmm. like you explore, like, y- you know, your creative voice is the, the more important thing. And then like, I'm here as a resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can imagine that being like jarring for like potentially your entire family to have like that value system kind of disrupted. Yeah. Yeah. So it was totally like a bizarro, you know, double standard not not him having you know I mean a double standard experience to yeah, see happen, yeah. like a va- um, like yeah like a values like just a a weird like affront. Yes, yeah. yeah, it was, and I've never talked to anyone in my family about this, wow. so I would love somehow because yeah. oh, I'm trying to remember now. So this is ugh. when what year is this? I was like 2021. Yeah, I know. She's <laughs> thinking of a memory. <laughs> I'm like, Holly, it's 2021. <laughs> yeah, I know. In the past. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, anyway, early. The l- late 90s. 80s. Oh, my gosh, I can't even think. It was probably Ryan, 90s. See, this is another thing yeah. with my dyslexia. There's another <laughs> area of the brain that is just math. Yeah. So I've got the language troubles and math. And that yeah, is my yeah. actually biggest one so okay dates so time 90s psh, gone yeah 80s in the is 90s. too long ago yes. yeah in the in the 90s um so my experience of seeing what happened is he came to my dad's studio he was really only there for five minutes period walks in chastised him oh my gosh for not uh using his art to be able to mm, exclaim mm, the gospel mm. um and leaves. My dad turns his career somewhat upside down because he used to, uh, he would produce, um, not fix, he would outsource it, but he would sell uh, prints of his paintings and also sell paintings, okay. you know, and it was international. Wow. And just like, anyway, <laughs> made me so mad. Yeah. Um, what made me mad is, is that this man came in, spends five minutes with my dad, yeah. turns his career upside down, but that he did not know my dad at all. Yeah. My dad's heart is in nature and part of his art is 
of creating, recreating nature and what is so important to him. And also to my dad, the creations of the planet are spiritually important to him. And that was one way that he was able to explain. Yeah, like participate in that. The uh, gospel, God's creations. And it it just made me livid. And at the time, it you know also kind of freaked me out because I was like, oh, this is when the top authority. I don't know if he was in the first president. He was an apostle yeah. for sure at the time. So when the top guys, anyway, it made you have question have questions too. Yeah, that yeah. that yeah that put a big old chunk in the yeah. in the I was in the dam. <laughs> I was trying to. I've been reflecting like personally a ton lately on like my own art identity, mm-hmm. which like feels just ever changing and like you know it's something that I like for totally different reasons from you have like a complicated relationship with as so many of us as artists do have have complicated relationships with our own artistry but this piece of like your art needs to like glorify God right um really affected me as a teen Mm -hmm. um and I and and when I made the decision, like, I think about this so often, it's such a complicated thing, but like, I loved art and, and I loved all kinds of art and writing and music and drawing when I was little and felt very moved by art. And like, I think, you know, I don't know, that was kind of innate for me. And then as I got older and kind of got more serious about my creative skills and, um, yeah, I had a lot of guilt about it. Like I had guilt about being creative. I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast, which is crazy. This is like, (laughs) I've done like, I've done like, this is like, I think my 95th interview and I've never talked about this, but yeah, I had, I had like guilt about, um, whether or not the, the art that moved me was like serving God. Like I, I really like from, from probably the time I was like 11, 12, like, had a, had a lot of guilt about that. Such a freaking weird thing. And that's something that like people who didn't grow up in, I mean, I think it's probably like pretty particularly Mormon. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about like art in like Jewish orthodoxy or like art in evangelical, but like, I know the evangelical church is not like institutionalized in the way Mormonism is where mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I just, I feel like this experience of feeling kind of like guilty about the kind of art you make is probably like kind of uniquely Mormon. I, and I understand that. Yeah. And I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Because that is very much part of the culture. You yeah. know, you're doing it to edify and be an example yeah. of the outside world yeah, like, of Mormonism through your art. Totally. Like if yeah. I was really moved by like, you know, I loved like Pink Floyd when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I felt like I couldn't like tell anybody. Like, right. I felt like this isn't supposed to be. And it's not because I felt like it's not because I felt like guilty for for listening to it. Like it wasn't that mm-hmm. it was it was that I felt like. I'm not supposed to want to make this like kind of art, like, right? The, the things about it that are moving to me, which, you know, is like the, the like broader kind of metaphor. Mm-hmm. Like these are not the kinds of things that we are supposed to do. Right. Like I felt like I was supposed to sing like 
Les Mis. Uh-huh, <laughs> like, right. Really particular <laughs> kinds of like Broadway, maybe church music. Yeah. And right. it's a weird thing. So did, so did you feel any of that as a youth? For sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For okay. sure. And, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Be- and so I'll talk about, yeah, as a kid, as a youth, um, and then kind of like where, where you'd that has actually diverge. made a turn okay. for now. Okay. Um, Tell me everything. Yeah. So okay. I le- So we talked about your childhood. If there's anything else that you feel is important about like your creative development, like I, I'm, I'm really interested in human development too, which is why I like to kind of talk about like, you know, h- how does our human development like intersect with our art development? Mm-hmm. So I think, I think we talked about your childhood. I'd love to know about how your relationship to art changed like in your teens and then okay. like how it changed as you were moving into adulthood. Okay. So yeah, you okay. can tell me whatever okay. you want. Um, so when I was in fourth grade, I developed this little character. She was like three inches tall in the rest of the human world. I'm short. Yeah. <laughs> you are so I'm, little. Yeah. I'm five You're feet tall. I've cute. always been the tiniest little kid <laughs> in all my school pictures, front row. Except for fifth grade, my only girl spurt. Anyway. <laughs> I'm five one, so I'm okay. like pretty much right there yeah. with you. <laughs> yes. Us trying to figure out the world in a really tall world now. Yeah. Like yeah. when I'll go to art museums and see like furniture from like the 1700s, it's like, oh my gosh, that would fit me so great. That'd be such a comfortable chair to yeah. sit in. Anyway. That's why I have these poofs here. Because my legs don't touch the ground like comfortably. Yes. And yeah. it doesn't hurt your neck and back. Yes, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. So you so, had this little character. Yeah. And I put her in a lot of different little scenes and I put her together and I made like a little spiral bound with um, paper clips. Anyway. Wow, and I just yeah. remembered, uh, you know, at home, my I whole family enjoyed it. my art that I would make up and stuff like that. And I was excited to show them and they were supportive. And But it was, I remember in fourth grade that I shown my friends and, you know, they were really impressed. And I also remember thinking actually in fourth grade, I want to be a children's book illustrator, which was also those, that was the book and Avenue um, world that was magical to me because I could find, yeah, Yeah. found life in there. Can I just say, I love this detail of using paper clips to make spiral bound. (laughs) Like this, this is the kind of detail that like I live for when I'm in these interviews. Cause I feel like it just like, it speaks to this, like, it speaks to this like broader creativity and uh-huh. like this is also like I talk a lot with my guests about like creative ownership and I feel like making your own like spiral bound it that is like such a mark of like I value my work uh-huh. I see it as like I I have creative ownership here um and also it's just like resourceful and kind of like a meta creative and I yeah I just I don't want to miss that like sweet detail yeah so you're so you you felt magical about illustration and then what yes um and so so I did decide what the rest of my career would be like in fourth grade cool (laughs) and um as far as that was I I'm I've always been curious if there was another avenue of art that I would have gone into Mm -hmm. and had decided as a young person uh, if, you know, I wonder what, how supportive or influence my parents would have on that. Sure. 
Um, what do you, what do you, like, do you want to say more about it? You don't have to. Oh, but it's good. Yeah, sure. Um, but, um, I'm curious if you want to talk about it. Well, it's kind of ends there. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but as far as like the being a children's book illustrator, kind of outside of the bigger community of the institution of my religion, it was socially and religiously acceptable yeah. for me to, as a female, totally. to be a children's book illustrator, because one, the audience is mostly little children, and that's supposed to be my... That's what you're supposed to my do anyway. quest and yeah. purpose is to yeah. have children be a mother. I knew exactly what you meant. Exactly. Yeah, tell, yes. so you can tell the listener, <laughs> but like I knew... I knew right away yes. what you meant. <laughs> yeah. That is a good yeah. career choice. Yeah. Acceptable. Also, yeah. because I could do it from my home. Right. So yeah. me trying to grapple with whatever that actually ended up being a great place for me to be able to uh, put my art into uh, click into the little yeah. cogs of the whole community. Um, so are you, are you saying that like, Maybe, like, were there other things that you were, like, a little drawn to that maybe you kind of didn't explore? Uh, yeah. Because they were kind of, like... Taboo a little. Yeah. Yeah. So I... Uh, yes. There, you know, I, I always kind of feel like, I wonder if I ever did go into, you know, different areas of art. I wonder what they would be and yeah. what I could create. I don't know. So it was always sort of, like, in the back of my mind. Yeah. Um. And, you know, once I, it was kind of in college too. So, so I, uh, my bachelor's degree is bachelor's of fine art with an emphasis of illustration. Okay. So, cause I went to BYU, Idaho, they didn't have, uh, uh, illustration degree yet, but amazing illustration program. Okay. Um, so, so it was, yeah, in college, it was kind of like post college so I you know went to maybe a, just a couple of like little illustration conferences okay. and there's like the society of illustrators this big old catalog annual that gets printed every year and so that kind of sh- you know like exposed me to you know um more current illustrators out there yeah. um in their t- types of art and um illustrations and you know and so stuff yeah. that could be a little less yeah female mormon sure <laughs> acceptable <laughs> i'm i'm holly i'm so curious about this like this is one of, like i just kind of mentioned this is something i've been thinking about a lot lately and it is such a unique experience mm-hmm. i think like as women like in this kind of lds context and then trying to we both have we both have left the church mm-hmm. and like trying to kind of like for me a lot of it feels like trying to like gather up like these maybe pieces of my identity that I that I either didn't explore or develop as a younger Mm -hmm. person or like abandoned like cut off hard right right. um just before we talk too much about college is there anything you want to say about your teen years and like how your creative how your creative skills and your kind of like artistic identity changed during that time? Or, or was it just a pretty like clean trajectory from that fourth grade decision to college? Uh, that's a great question too. Um, <laughs> so, you know, sure. It, I mean, the, there's some little ebb and flow going yeah. on. Um, so first to get a little, little extra background. So my family is very devout Mormon. Um, 
but you know, normal yeah. <laughs> too, which is not saying people who are Mormon are not normal. Just like anyway. very devout, but like assimilated. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, so I was also, so I was a kid that was like, tried fall things to a T. Yeah. You know, I was like in seminary council yeah. and I, I was like, went on a mission yeah. and I was really, I didn't uh, do that. Yeah. <laughs> General, what was it called? Oh my gosh. Like remember. Laurel stick, president. Stick. Oh no, stick uh, <laughs> stick primary president. Okay. That means she is the highest ranking female leader in like the regional, um, for over children. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you and were like so, a young yeah. woman. Yeah. 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 So, so it was also extremely important to me. Yeah. Um, that's why it's hard to talk about it. Cause it's yeah. like, yeah, I feel the same way. It's like in retrospect, I can be like, Oh, there were these things that I was drawn to, but like it, what didn't feel like that then? Like it didn't feel like, Oh, I'm drawn to this thing and I can't like, it right? just was like, the only thing I care about is like, like I want so badly to be like a good, like a good girl and a good right. person. And I want to do the right things and I want to do. And like all those things were very true and like very real. Right. And so it, it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like something else was being taken from me then. Like I felt like I was just making the right choices and like looking back now, it's like, gosh, I really was moved by things that I just didn't even you know, right. Yeah. Is that what you're, is that part of like, like part of what you're saying too? For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, for did sure. It, what do you remember thinking about it? Like in your teens? Like how, how do you remember feeling about it then? And um, by, by it, I mean art <laughs> and, and how you are able to participate in art. Um, well, I think, you know, there's the older I got. So as a teenager, um, you know, the, the idea of, well, you know, <laughs> There are other artists out there that are female that aren't just doing children's books illustrations. Yeah. And you know, like the internet really. Yeah. It was yeah. brand new. Yeah. <laughs> so even my exposure all the more was, you know, not super broad. Yeah. Um uh so as far as so it's like editorial illustrations. Um and I don't know, some of the other ones where they could, would do like edgy, yeah. what I, you know, was seen yeah. in my yeah. realm as yeah. kind of edgy. It was, it was enticing to yeah. me. And yeah. I thought, oh my, I want to be able to communicate that quickly, you know, mm -hmm. which is part of commercial art, being able to communicate the ideas quickly. But also if there's a couple of other little messages that could keep the audience there to enjoy it. Yeah. Um. So I was impressed with that ability to be able to do that, which was before which was beyond just narrative illustration. I'm sure. telling story with my pictures, you know, to where it can be, um, conceptual. Yeah. Uh, yeah. that was awesome to Love me because idea. it was, yeah, yeah, witty and how can, you know, how they can do that with an yeah. extra total extra different kind of, um, uh, language. And did you feel at that point, like, I can problem solve this. Like I can figure out a way to like do this, like, like achieve this goal with like the things that feel more like allowable. Yeah. 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 So, uh, rather than thinking like I have to choose. 
Right. I'm totally projecting because that's definitely how I felt. About oh no, it. that is <laughs> yeah. very much my life. Yeah. And I, and I really, if you like pin people down, yeah. that's kind of a human thing to do, which, you know, kind of goes back to like well, the buffet like Mormon. A, that's like, how am I going to make this? Exactly. And it's, for it's me. also like a, a good girl thing to do. Right. It's also like, I mean, when you are like an assertive, like, I don't know, maybe for lack of a better word, like bravish kind mm-hmm. of a person like that's kind of just your personality like you 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 want to do things mm-hmm. but then you're in a context where as a girl you have to be really careful like you have to be right. very it is like a like I don't know if even problems it's like st- you have to be strategic you know like right. e- even if it doesn't like feel that way to you like in order to to get yourself doing the kinds of activities that you like mm-hmm. you have to kind of chart a little bit of a different path so I can I can fully relate to this I mean I felt the same way when I was 16 years old and started hearing jazz for the first time Mm -hmm. and thought like oh my gosh like I'm so this is something else like this is something different this is affecting me in a brand new way but like it's jazz which is like (laughs) not like I certainly didn't know any LDS jazz musicians I didn't I mean, I didn't know any jazz musicians, period. Um, And definitely felt like this is kind of a risky one. But then I I reasoned myself into it, like my teenage brain, like, and I do mean like my teenage brain reasoning through this was definitely like, well, you you can be like a, a Mormon person who does this. And then like, you, you can make it kind of like your own thing and be like really careful about like how to like, so I, I definitely remember thinking in this kind of like, I'll just do something totally mine. Like I'll just do something different that like fits with what I feel like I am supposed to do anyway. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, cause first off, you know, I was a Mormon female and it was, sti- I mean, there's the door making space and opening for females to have careers and can also be mm-hmm. seen as a good full Mormon. Yeah. That door is opening yeah. way wider. It was more closed back. Even right. when I was, yeah. Right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm about 10 years younger than you. Mm-hmm. And even that, even when I was <laughs> that age, it was still like, it was hard. Right. It was like Seriously. Hard. Like, yeah. Just conversations of when I grow up, I want to be, oh, I know <laughs> that's a career. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. Yes. And I fully relate to this idea. Like I reasoned myself into this jazz studies degree. Like the way that I thought of it was like, I can like, I can teach singing lessons from home. Be, right. Still be a good mom. Like, okay. So that, like, that was like right. a placeholder that made me feel safe enough about it. Um, and then I just thought like, I mean, I just was so naive about it. Um, but yeah, I really thought like, well, I'll just, I'll just really make it like my own thing. Like, right, I don't right. know. Yeah. It's hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Get what you're you saying. You get it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, how can I tailor this and make, how can I change so this hard. square peg yes. into a round peg and jam it into that round hole? Yes, it's, <laughs> it's really possible. It is possible, sort it, mostly. It, it is kind of, sort but of. it's also so complicated. Yeah, That's so difficult. <laughs> so you, as a teen, you like were, 
you were kind of having some things, but it was like not a wrestle you were like really allowing yourself to like really have yet. Yeah, probably yeah. the largest wrestle though that I was having, which very much, you know, uh, my art crossed in and out of. Um, I, I was just born total feminist. Yeah. My mom That's is a closeted by, like, feminist. Yeah, yeah. So she and way. my and her mother and her she has one sister. And there's they're totally feminists, but it was so bizarro. I get it. Yeah, I t- how, I get it. How, I know. Yes, edited they would be, which yeah. is also part of the culture. Yeah. So I yeah. totally have sympathy and feel for them. Yeah. Before when I said like kind of brave, that's what I meant. Like yeah, you just like, have this energy that's like, I am going to do things. Like I'm going to do things. And it's just like built in. I see yes. that in you, even yeah. like the little I've talked with you. Like, I just know that's true. I think I just see, I just recognize it because I have that thing too. Yes. <laughs> it is oozing in the air. And but then here. you're as a teen, you're just like, I don't know yeah. how I can make it work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, and I was seen as the good, the good girl in my community, and yeah, yeah, and but also just this closet feminist that was just trying really hard to make space, and you know, and both of my parents were supportive that way, especially my mom, you know, who's a closet feminist. Anyway, so, uh, so, so I thought that avenue. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So actually, being a feminist just kept colliding with parts of Mormonism that yeah. I was not okay with it. And I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know how to talk about it. Um, yeah. You know, and so much of it you do push down and compartmentalize. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's... And you problem solve it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And one of my ways is I'd be like, so this person said such and such, yeah. you know, that yeah. I'd make up this person that was myself asking right, questions to my parents right, and they're right. like, Oh, I don't know. Hypotheticals so, asking for a friend. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, however, they, however they reacted would gauge my any more on that subject. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah. So when I did end up leaving the LDS church, it, anyway, how old were you when such you a shock. left? Uh, I was 32. Okay. Is that right? Okay, yeah. So what happened in your art development right, in like that decade? Like but between like high school and like I know it's a little more than a decade, but like that decade ish. Like what what happened what's important in there in the development of your hard skills, your right, art skills, right? In the development of your creative skills, which I think can be more like mental and social, and then your identity. Okay. What's, impo- know, what's important in those decades? Yeah. <laughs> I can remind you. We can okay, go great. One at That'd a time. be good. Yeah, let's do, you, do it. Which one do you want to talk about first? Creative, like hard skills, soft skills. You don't have to talk about them separately. Some of okay. them together. And then identity. Okay. Between high school and now or like kind yeah, of high as school a... and like when things started really changing. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, let's see. So. After high school, so I went on mission to Texas. Okay. Um, and I was in a college college station, so mm. I got to meet people from all over the world, which has always been a part of mm. a love of mine. I want to know other people, and I'm curious, and I want to hear their stories. I love stories, yeah. and I love Me culture. Too. And yeah, yeah. Kind- so I th- I think we might be kindred spirits in this I, way. Yes, I believe. <laughs> 
that's why so. I have this podcast. Like, cause I love hearing people's stories. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the whole, like, I, I love, I love it. Yeah. And I also moved to Texas, not on a mission, but for college. Okay. And met all these different people and was like in heaven about it. Yes. Yeah. I relate yeah. to that too. Yeah. I don't, I would get in trouble cause I'd like to <laughs> tell me more and I want to hear, Oh, you know, I want to learn about your food and yeah. you know, all this stuff. Yeah. And my companions would be like, we're supposed to teach them. I know, yeah. but <laughs> this is humanness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is part of our family. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so because I would like look through National Geographics. My dad had those and I would eat them up as a kid. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so, so from there, so I started to kind of run into constructs of like, wait a minute. You know, I, I met other people from other cultures uh, and like someone who was Hindu, you know, I'm like, yeah. I have a monolithic, you know, religion yeah. and you believe in many gods, which I knew, but... What I didn't, super naive, when I met other people who felt more, I felt like they're more devoted to their religion than I was. As far as I could tell that they absolutely believed this is the right way and this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, And that, you know, that put a dent in Mm -hmm. the the works. Um, And so... So that, you know, like with, with a lot of other things and, you know, there's a handful of different soapboxes that I had um, as far as, you know, like in high school, why pray if God's going to decide what's going to happen anyway? And yeah. what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> He's going to help me find my keys, but not protect someone who's yeah. being abused. Yeah. Yeah. That is not fitting. Yeah. And then also polygamy. That's always been in, yeah. you know, so some big issues. I do know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, so that's all happening at the same time with me trying to find, well, where do I fit within being a, a Mormon and a female? Where do I fit as being a female in the broader culture of the country I'm in? Because it's still, there's plenty, you know, there's still work to be done totally. for everyone. Of course. Not just female. Anyway, yeah. um, so, and then, so then after my mission, and then, and then I married my husband, Ryan, and I knew him in high school. We knew each other in high school. So we have a fun, long story. Um, and so marrying him and then being exposed to our, just the way we've supported each other in our art life uh, and loves um, and how they've kind of crossed over. And uh, so I think, do you, and, just, do you just mean like, is, is what you're saying that something about the experience of being married to another artist. And Ryan's also just so beautifully like sensitive. Mm-hmm. I have to assume he was always like that. Right. Um, yes. <laughs> something about that experience, like cracked open some different possibilities. Like you, like, will you put some more words on like what that experience of like, you know, supporting each other in your marriage, like meant to your like how it changed your ideas of how things could be. Right. Just, okay. I'd love to just hear okay. like a little okay. bit more about that. Yeah. So there, um, so both my parents were really supportive of me being an artist. Um, and through the avenue that was acceptable in mm. my religion. So me like in college dating people. And if I met a guy that found out I was an artist, I would usually tell them because it was part of my life. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, that's a cute hobby. That was the fastest way mm. that I just crossed them off the yeah. list and boom, you're gone. Yeah. So I had that experience. 
a lot Ugh. as a single like music major. Ugh. Yeah. Horrible. Oh, that's cute. You're an artist. Yeah. Oh, honey. Yeah. Sorry, this is not going away. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so um so Ryan was this is an artist. Yes. So he understands it. And he also, you know, there's been a lot of times that both he and I have been like, you know, if I was married to anyone who wasn't a creative and artist. I don't know what I do because yeah, because we, we know that it's part of our souls that if we couldn't create, we would, we'd die. Yeah. And I've (laughs) interviewed a lot of male LDS artists or formerly LDS artists who do like, they have, there's a lot of pressure there too. It's, it's in some ways it's, I think easier for Mormon women to be artists because you can kind of, you can kind of like act like it's a hobby a little okay like, right I see where yeah. like male artists like they I mean I just am trying to say like if it's not clear to the listener like the way that Holly's supporting Ryan is not being like get a real job oh right you know what I mean because exactly. like that's a pressure that like the a career in the arts is difficult and uh men in you know the LDS culture are gonna get well, that's, you can't support a family that way. And women are right. just going to get, you can't have a career. Right. Which is like, yeah. I mean, so I can totally see how both of you are like a lifeline for the other in these different ways. Like you have a different set of pressures than he has, but like art is not a great fit for either. Right. But you, you both understand how um, essential yes. it is for yeah. the other. Yeah. Yes. And and therefore get to keep kind of developing it in a way that like possibly in another marriage, it would have been different. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and so as far as like exposures, uh, me meeting Ryan and getting exposed to jazz, which you understand that amazing world, um, and, and how complex it is and, exciting and, um, have, you know, just, uh, being able to, and here I am a two-dimensional artist trying to explain something to (laughs) to a jazz artist. Anyway, um, when you are performing and, uh, improvising in the moment, you are creating something in the moment with all the other musicians on the bandstand which feed off of each other and also the audience. Mm -hmm. It was such a different world for me to be exposed to Mm -hmm. that. I just went, Oh my gosh, what is this? (laughs) This is magic. That's how I felt about it in the moment. And I am feeling different things that I've never felt before, you know, and then just, and then Ryan coming with me to, you know, we'll always, whenever we travel, we always will go to find the art museums that are there and, you know, just me getting just, totally geeking out and (laughs) explaining and, you know, and so it's, it's been great. Just the different worlds that we've been exposed to that also very much relate to each other. Yeah. Um, okay. So what was the, yeah. Well, I wanted to know about the development of your art skills. Okay. Like, cause you would went to college during this time, like, and you're pursuing illustration. Mm -hmm. So how, how did your, how did, uh, like maybe, you know, I love talking about, like, my favorite thing is talking about these, like, identity things, like, how did mm-hmm. you, like, become? Right. Um, but I also think that it's interesting, and I, when whenever I remember to ask about it, I like talking about it, of, like, 
were there struggles with actually developing your skills? Like, you know, what, what did you kind of have to go through as like an artist oh, okay. in terms of like right. practice? Like, cause those young right. adult years are often like the time that we really like have to be like, Oh my gosh, I can't just like, just, you know, have talent. Like I need to like work, work and, your butt off. Yeah. Is there anything yeah. you want to say about that? Totally. Okay, great. That's great. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so even though I was growing up in an art family, I was such a chicken with color and with painting. Okay. Yeah. I really did. I, so I drew and drew and drew, you know, till yeah. the day's end. Um, but I did not do color painting until I got into college. Okay. So my first exposure to that as a freshman in college who came from an art family. And so I'm like, Oh my gosh, I felt Really? And everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody yeah. knows. Yeah. You know, and, and it kind of worked out when I was in my dad's class. So we would try not to let anyone know. But I mean, you know, that's longer I was with everybody. They knew that I was the teacher's daughter, which is also kind of interesting because every once in a while, you know, someone would be yeah. a little bit of a punk, you, you know, totally. like of course a, you're going to get good grades yeah. in your dad's class. That's and really hard. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I never say anything, but I had a friend that like totally took them to town. <laughs> Good. Well, yeah. where in the heck were you? Yeah. She's still up <laughs> clear, you know, yeah, practicing, until it's working time hard. to get kicked out of the yeah. building drawing. You yeah. pansy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so so I had to work my butt off with with painting. Um, and I, you know, even when I graduated, I still felt a little graduated, I still felt a little bit behind as far as like my uh oils and acrylic yeah. abilities. But my I love my love is watercolor. Okay. I just love what it can do. Yeah. Um, and every single medium, you know, you know, every single medium yeah. has its own little special tool things. house. You yeah. got to figure out, you know, what it does and can't do. Um, and then as far as like my art, just with, you know, like perspective and all those kinds of things, I just kept working my tail off, you know, to be able to get those skills down yeah. and honed. Um, and then within the illustration world being able to figure out how to keep my voice yeah. um and to be able to take risks and yeah. you know uh be courageous and try yeah. to like let's whip you know what's in my head and how I can I have it come out yeah those are those kind of like soft creative skills that I right. like I love talking about that stuff because like I think I think people who aren't artists themselves think that like the bulk of what we do is like work on the skills mm -hmm. like the the actual mixing of color and the you know brushing or whatever it may be per the medium um and of course there's hours and hours and hours and hours of that but so much of what we're working through mm -hmm. as you're moving from you know a hobbyist to a professional like as you're moving yourself through that um bottleneck you know or whatever so much of what we're working on is these like creative resilience. Like how do I, right. how right. do I cultivate inspiration? How do I like, you know, find my voice, preserve my voice. Um, and I love hearing people talk about that too. Is there um, anything like anything else that you'd like to share? Like just as an artist, like uh, your philosophies about like either like practice, you know, for like mm -hmm. these hard skills or like just, what are there any like just philosophies that you have that you want to share about these kinds of skill development things? Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. It's kind of like an on the spot question. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Okay. So if I, yeah, if I was telling like another artist that's, you know, maybe young, younger in the art world than me, um, like learn, get, get some foundation stuff down. You mean hard, the hard skills? Yes. Yeah. The hard skills down. Um, and the whole diet will, well, okay. So like for me, when I was getting those down and I'm still always, we're always getting them yeah, down. Yeah. Always, always, always. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, and, and as far as like, you know, ways that things I could do to try to try to remember my voice and try to create a cultivated environment for it. Um, time when I, you know, I'm constantly looking at stuff because I love art and also why in the hell would I not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that only makes you better, um, and life enjoyable. So when I would look at other people's art, you know, like picture book artists and other illustrators, you know, and I would just get super enjoyment out of their art um, and like their style and stuff like that, seeing their voice yeah, um, yeah. would would help encourage me to say, you know what, the way that they say it with their voice, no one else on the entire planet can do that, yeah. which is the same thing for me. Yeah, yeah. No one else can say it exactly the way that I can say it. Yeah. So sometimes when I'm creating stuff and I start to feel voices in my head of like, oh, that's not right, you know, or feeling yeah. pressures or what does the client want yeah. and yada, yada. Then I, you know, try to be like, okay, yeah. try to clear my head. No one else can say it like yeah. you can say it, Holly. So you're okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Just keep going. And yeah. try not to think about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the moment. Say the things that only only you can say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's great advice. And um, did you feel like, um, like, was it difficult for you to learn that? Or do you feel like that was this kind of the same mechanism that you always employed? Like looking at other people's art going, okay, that's their voice. What's my voice? Or... Did you have to like really learn that at some point? Uh, a little mixture because okay. there's absolutely times and there's still times now that, you know, I'll yeah. feel like, oh my gosh, their stuff's amazing. Especially yeah. like I've got uh, friends who are professional artists and it's mostly just the male artists that I went to school with yeah. who are like, if I feel 10 years down the road and have published so much stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm like, Oh man, how am I ever going to catch up again? Yeah. You know? Um, and so, yeah, so there's still times and there were still times back when too, that I would lose sight of that. Um, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Great. Um, okay. I want, I know Ryan told me a little bit about what you're working on now okay. and I want to make sure we have plenty of time to talk about okay, it. Great. So bef like before we do that, I'm uh, let's save that for the end. Um, what do you want to say about like this kind of uh, transition period? Okay. In like your late twenties, early thirties. Right. Okay. Okay. So I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so now there was a couple things I kept in the back of my head. One of them was, I would love to get a master's degree. And the, another one was, wow, you know, what if I taught like college or something? That'd be really cool because constantly I'm thinking, oh, if I explain this to someone, da, 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 or like, oh, these would be great example images to keep if right. I ever taught. So that right. was always, that was in the back of my head. Yeah. 
But at the time, we were planning on living in Rexburg, and so there was there was nowhere for me to teach. Yeah, like anywhere. Yeah. Um, I did teach middle school art for one year, <laughs> which was great, but not my not my home spot. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so that was going in the back of my mind, which was a whole nother career yeah. door. Yeah. Um. You know, to be teaching at college, I mean, so that would be me not being at home. Yeah. Um. And so transition. So you know, kind of all the same time too was like, well, what other kind of art is inciting me? And am I, did I want to go into children's books, illustrations, just because that was socially acceptable for me? Or are there other areas? I mean, at the same time, I do freelance work, like realistic oil paintings, uh, portraits or still lives and stuff like that. So it's, that's always been a part, but that wasn't where my love was. My love was in illustration because of just the the sky's the limit of things you can visually invent and make yeah. up whole yeah. nother worlds. So, um, when that big event that happened that like, boom, turned my world around yeah, yeah. <laughs> was my oldest child was born four months premature. Okay. And my experience, uh, and he was in the NICU and, Salt Lake University of Utah Hospital. Okay. And so he was there for four and a half months. And I was right at the end of my bachelor's degree. Okay. I finished illustrating my first children's book ever. Wow. Yeah. Great. (laughs) Which was great. I also was like, you know what? I'm going to get it done ahead of time because you never know. Maybe you'll get a cold or the flu. Totally. Or maybe your baby's four months early. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I got it done. You get like premonitions like that. Yeah. yeah. It was weird. But yeah, I actually, I went to an illustration conference in Salt Lake. I worked it out so I could deliver all the art to the art director at the same time. I went into preterm labor <gasps> that weekend. I didn't know it was happening. Oh my gosh. I, you know, so I couldn't sleep and I thought maybe I've got a bladder infection and yeah, because I was actually, uh, ambiotic fluid was leaking anyway. Oh. And so I was in yeah. labor, labor. Yeah. So I went home to Rexburg and then the next day, uh, went back. Well, that night yeah. went to the hospital. Then the next morning I was flown out to Salt Lake. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then yeah. my world. So what, ha- like how, what happened? What, what, what turned your world around? I mean, um, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I know it was, I know what it was, but what, right. what was it? <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. this actually has been, super influenced the um, thesis show for my master's degree that I'm doing right now. Great. Some of the themes. Um, So when I was there in the hospital, I would sit there for 12, you know, 50 day, uh, hour after hour sitting there watching him in this artificial womb that, because I couldn't protect him (laughs) um, in my own womb uh, and to watch him be, yeah, it's you feel all the things it's, you're welcome. Um, you, I, I could see him screaming in pain. He yeah. had uh, tubes down his throat for, um, the way he got his food and some of the medications yeah. and, you know, a few other things like that. Yeah. And use this little pin cushion. He was constantly yeah. had his, uh, blood drawn and all these different things and IVs and everything. So he's this tiny little creature in, you know, this 
glass artificial womb. He he was hooked up to a breathing machine. Um, Anyway, so me sitting and watching and me being completely powerless, there was nothing I could do. And completely relying on the expertise of the doctors and nurses there and the machines that they created and the medical advances at the time that yeah. I need to rely on and to rely on fate. Yeah. Um, I, it, it, it just broke. Broke those things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, it kind of, it's sort of like congealed, uh, a bit like it was, it wasn't totally fully formed okay. at the time. Yeah. Of why I was feeling extra feelings that I was feeling. Yeah. And it made me realize, so I, I was there. I mean, you know, I could touch him. Yeah. Um, sometimes when I, you know, or if they changed his diaper, I could help with that sometimes. Yeah. Um, but he was so beyond fragile yeah. in, in day-to-day danger. Yeah. Um, so it made me think of, oh my God, this is a microcosm of my eternal fate would be to be a, because growing up Mormon, there is, there is a female goddess, a heavenly mother. She has no name, no face, completely absent. Yeah. Wow. Of all the times in, you know, a human's little life within Mormonism, their earthly experience uh, determines the rest of their eternity. And for that person to have that crucial experience of time being on like earth. A person, yeah. Yes. And they have no yeah. contact with their mother yeah. at all. Yeah. And that Mormonism uh, families are like supposed to be at the center. Right. And that we are supposed to be uh, raised by a mother and a father. But we're essentially being raised by... A, f- a single father, sort of, who's yeah. married, you know, has a wife somewhere, but we don't know who in the hell she is. Yeah. We have no mother. Yeah. So bringing that back, yeah. me watching my own son and feeling completely powerless made me just go, oh my gosh, this is going to be... This is, every- the- this is everything yeah. a- according to... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I cannot do that. I do not want that. Yeah. I am not okay with that. Yeah. You know, just another part of my soul just roared. Yeah. I'm not okay with that. This yeah. that is wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no way. And so, just trying to. Oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. How and, old, you know, how old were you? Uh, 26. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, still, yeah, young for <laughs> the rest of the world to be a mother. Yeah. But you know, yeah. a little on the older side for a Mormon yeah, mother. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Wow. That's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's an incredible story. So visceral. Like, I I mean, I feel that with you, like I don't have children, but like I have motherhood issues for totally different reasons Mm -hmm. because my mom was very abusive. Um, and, uh, she passed away several years ago now, but, um, yeah, that those, like those kinds of big picture, um, what do you call it? Like these archetype stories mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. formed your childhood and mine right. about women. Um, 
they those stories hit me in a different kind of a way but it's like maybe similarly i didn't have a child that right. was in danger but hit hit me in a similarly like uh kind of way in my late 20s as well like this kind of like you said congealing of like this lifetime of these messages like these archetypal messages just i don't know like wounding you yeah yes and then kind of like when you said my soul roared like yeah like just feeling like no 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 we don't keep i can't keep doing this thing yeah 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 there's a yeah there's a line drawn now and (laughs) yeah so what did you do what happened well well oh so i'm trying to think because i yeah that was many years later uh when I left Mormonism, my so I have three children. So my and my youngest is, he was like two at the time. Okay. Um. So, my gosh, numbers. What year yeah. was that? <laughs> it's okay. Anyway, but yeah. Just tell it anyway. from whatever. Like we'll yeah. figure out the timeline. Yeah, it's fine. So, so I try to figure out what in the heck I was going to do with that. Yeah. Um. Because you know we were still Mormon for. So you you left the church when you were so. like thirty two. So yes. yeah, so yes, there, there yeah, go. so there was like another, there was like a six-year period, right? Okay, yeah. So you know, I and you know, I kind of started to kind of go into. There was a bit of a depression that was happening. Yeah. Um, and were you making art during this time? Not a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, so I, I like had a private student or two, and let me think. You know, there's there's there were some, there were freelance little jobs, jobs and stuff like that, but not a lot. Cause I also just, I didn't, I didn't want to open up any yeah. doors that I would have to close. Yep. So I thought, you know what, yeah. I'm just going to do little bits here and there. Oh, that's really, that sentence you just said, like, <laughs> that's like hitting me away. Uh-huh. Like I don't want to open any doors I'm going to have to close. Meaning I don't want to fall in love with like, uh, I mean, I'm, assu- I'm assuming kind of what you mean is like, I don't want to fall in love with types of work or types right. of art that I, that I don't get to keep. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely get that so deep in yes. my soul. Yes. <laughs> so Heart- deep down. Yeah. yeah. Break your heart. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Like I can't and even, even like, like touch that because when it inevitably gets taken away from me because it's not sustainable in my, in my life, like mm-hmm. it will break my heart. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm just not even going to can't even touch it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I thought, you know, I can't yeah, I can't pursue and run after the publishing companies and the art yeah. directors that I would absolutely love to work with yet cuz yeah, cuz if, if I had to say a, no. Yeah. You have a gut no you have way. a gut instinct that like that's that you are opening a bit of a can of worms that is maybe like too scary or like yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I yeah, which which I thought, okay. <laughs> That can happen someday, and that's still yeah. my goal and trajectory, you know. So yeah, yeah, but, but not I, while I have these little kids at home. Maybe yes. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, anyhow, so it's hard to have nuance when you have. This is something I think about a lot because I do, you know, and I always like to try to say like when I'm doing these interviews, like when I'm talking with someone like you that has experiences that are sim- more similar to mine, mm-hmm. it's really easy to for me to just be like, of course, this is how we felt. Right. Um, but you know, we, I know you and I both know, like 
women who are faithful LDS women Mm -hmm. who also are good artists. Right. Um, And I think like, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think what I wanted to say is like, this kind of nuance is difficult when you have trauma involved, this kind of nuance that maybe some people are capable of, um, is difficult when your personality just like, isn't gonna like, and I think I certainly knew I think I knew in my maybe early 20s that like nuance was going to be hard for me. And so mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't explore in a way that maybe some people really can because they right. they kind of can be in that kind of gray in a way that I can't. So I wonder if like you maybe were feeling that after um your son was born of like if I take a step in this direction it will be like a fast fall. Uh, I'm absolutely. like, I can't handle that. Yeah. Right. I think I kind of felt similar ways. Like, yeah. Cause I, I would see other people being buffet Mormons mm-hmm. in a way that I just thought like, I, I just kind of have a feeling that if I like even push on that door, it, I will just fall all the way through it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's really scary. It's really scary. Absolutely. And I can't even, I mean, I imagine having a child is scarier, like really, really scary. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So what happened, what made you, what happened that eventually like led you out? Um, then, so then we moved to Boston for my husband's doctorate degree. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where like. A bit of a relief maybe. Yeah. 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 It was. It's always uh, like us being yeah. <laughs> loving people from everywhere. Yeah. I love every, you know, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So anytime you can move somewhere where it's a little bit of everybody, it's like my big whole yeah. world family. And maybe people aren't like kind of watching you in the right. same way. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. As much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, it's just, it was a handful of things and, you know, just things kind of kept, um, you know, people have described like with the, with the round holes with square pegs, concerns and, uh, uh, like doubt issues yeah. and doubts. Yeah. yeah. And things that just weren't, you know, that were competing, uh, conflicts and Bothering. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Just pe- put just, it on the back of their shelf yeah. and eventually yeah. their shelf like collapses, yeah. you know? So there was, it was just building and building, building, building. Um, when we were, by the time we got to Massachusetts, so, you know, for, since my son was born in in high school, you know, yeah, lots Mm -hmm. and lots. So, um, so it really, you know, there was, I, one thing totally faced polygamy that I was like, that, that's a bunch of crap. So, you know, I'm like, yeah, yes, (laughs) it is bullshit. And it was abusive. (laughs) It was wrong. Yeah, really, yeah, really, really wrong. Yeah. That is why. Yeah. Well, and like, that's why it's all brushed under the rug. Anyway, like right. all those amazing women that people should be quoting, yeah. you know, because yeah. they've wrote stuff in their journals, but mm-hmm. it's not part of the conversation. We don't even know their names. Yeah. Yeah. Rah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, um, so yes, a lot of things. And it just, it just kind of came to a head and I was just like, you know what? Oh, and another thing happened too. So. <laughs> I'm a mama bear. Okay. 
backing up a little. Yeah. Growing up as a kid, I was constantly trying to figure out, like we were talking about, how I can make things sort of yeah. fit for myself. Yep. So I was always, you know, total feminist. So growing up with older brothers and all their friends, I was constantly trying to prove that I could do stuff just as well as the boys. Of course. Yeah. Um, and that I wanted a career and I can do, you know, all these things. It's ridiculous that, you know, girls and boys can't do certain things, yeah. you know, yeah. million, yeah, thousands of years yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of that yeah. issue. Anyway, so I also was trying to fix, um, I wanted, I wanted to be a mom and I wanted to have kids and at the same time, I was trying to con- to make make it like, all fit. Yeah, yeah, the make it all work. Women's yeah. movement, you know, first and second wave and third, you know, yeah. all the stuff I uh, learned from this, you know, the seventies yeah. movement, stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I kind of feel like my what was what was I going to be as a mother? What did that even mean? Yeah. What was my identity? What parts were my motherhood yeah um was in constant i i it it was in just a whirlwind so it was very hard for me to identify and claim yeah what parts were me totally so bringing that back to in boston you know that was a whole mixture because i wanted to be a mom but i didn't want to be a mom yeah yeah. (laughs) you know and have a career and i mean that was before when I was a mom, wanted to be a mom. Yeah, <laughs> committed. Um, well, I know what you mean. I, but I mean, I I think you're allowed to say like, when I heard you say like I wanted to be a mom, but I didn't want to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking that you meant like while you were already a mom, and mm-hmm. the way that I was interpreting it, which is probably still just probably some truth in it, is like when, like, when you grow up in a city like. Rexburg, Mm -hmm. which is so Mormon. And Mm -hmm. I grew up in Mesa, Arizona, which is also so Mormon. Mm -hmm. The only moms you know are Mormon moms. Right. And so it's almost like it's almost like this shape of a thing of a mother. Um and maybe you don't want to be that. And it's not that like I don't want to be a mom, but just like and that's right. something that like, I, I, I am turning 33 this year and, and I feel pretty sure that I'll never have kids. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm young enough that it, I could change my mind, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that I, I won't make that decision. And, but I will say when I do have flickers that I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I would like to be a mom. Right. It's inevitably when I'm talking to women who like are mothers right. who have never been Mormon. Right. Like okay. seeing, right. like, you know what I mean? I mean, it's like normal, <laughs> it, uh, just different. Like, I mean, just seeing like, yeah. So it's maybe, I feel like you can't even say like, like the fact is we only have one word for mom, but there's a lot of, there are a lot of different types of mothers. Right. Um. So when you say like, you know, I didn't want to be a mom, like maybe you mean like a certain type, type of mom. Yeah. Right. I don't want right. to be this mom, but I, yeah. Anyway. Right. 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 It's really complicated. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It I'm is just very complicated. I'm just like feeling that with you. Right. <laughs> so complicated. It's different, different, but yeah, I get that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So complicated that that's like the theme of my thesis show. Yeah. Well, there's a few themes, but yeah. the title is actually reclaiming motherhood. Yeah. And I will not oh, vanish. I love it so much. <laughs> I will not vanish. 
tell tell me everything about it. Okay. Let's just I maybe as you're talking about mm-hmm. your thesis show, if you feel like you want to like reconnect some dots, you can. But most, okay. I just want to hear about your show. Okay, great. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you know, totally tying in the quandary of, well, I do want to be a mom, but I don't, and what kind? And there's not a whole lot of examples yeah. <laughs> of a yeah. variety for me for yeah. me to even have the language to describe. Well, what in the heck does that even mean? Yes. So I'm, you know, going to turn 43 this year and yeah, and that I'm still, even though I'm doing a show that's going to be, you know, in a couple months, um, I'm still trying to figure out well, what in the heck, what, what is my motherhood? What does that even mean yeah. to me? Yeah. How do I describe that? Um, what does that feel like? And how can I sort out what's really me, genuine to me and, you know, what's, been influenced or you know put upon me and what parts am I okay with that or what parts do I want to go no that part got co-opted I'm taking it back yeah I'm reclaiming that yeah um so uh so so with like the the uh art program that I'm in uh and it's my terminal degree so it's (laughs) pretty big heavy one as far as Uh, Stuff that we're doing, but um, anyway, so like at the beginning, so it's only a two-year program. Um, So at the beginning of it, you know, you're exposing yourself to tons of different kinds of arts and like any school program. And so I was was trying to figure out what the heck am I going to do for my end show. Um, And I I knew I wanted to, actually, I am going to back up a little bit. Okay, great. So part of- I thought you might need to. (laughs) Okay. And that's my style. I yeah. jump all over the place. Great. <laughs> anyway, um, so part of me going, wait a minute, do I just want to be an illustrator? Is there other avenues in art that I want to go into, that I would enjoy, that I'm called to? What is there that I'm not, you know, yeah. considering? Yeah. Yeah. So I did think, you know, with the program, when I got into the program or kind of as I was applying, applying places and I wanted uh, to get into that, I knew it. And my degrees in uh, painting, drawing. Okay. So master fine art. <clears throat> um, and I th- thought, I, w- I want to explore and find out what other kind of art can come out of me because I know it's in there. I have no idea what it's going to look like or yeah. s- what it's going to say. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah. yeah. Um, so that was one of my determinations was to figure out what else is in there. Yeah. Also, practically, pr- a practical avenue too is I wanted to be able to figure out how to combine my illustration background and to be able to find a way that I could have. Because um, sometimes in my art, sometimes it will get a little bit tight. Okay. Um, you yeah. know, and as the process goes along, cause I do like through watercolor and so some, you know, I'll do pre-drawings and by the time it gets onto the watercolor paper, cause you have to do it super lightly and yeah. yada, yada. So it doesn't get smudged and all that. Anyway. Yeah. So sometimes it can develop and become tight and the, the loose, uh, free yeah. marks and things that you can make can get lost along the way. Sure. So I wanted to be able to figure out how I could combine that to be able to keep those free, lively, 
uh, marks. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so getting to the program, that was one of those. And then I had the question of, well, what is going to be my emphasis, my yeah. themes of a man show? Then <laughs> being there, I was the art uh, building is only like a few miles away from the University of Utah Hospital. Okay, yeah. So, um, and and we you have so to I drive by it all the time. Yeah, yeah. So it like it yeah. it opened yeah. <laughs> up uh, like little wounds that I didn't know quite healed. I I thought they did, and that's yeah. kind of how life goes yeah. for everybody. One hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. So those just it 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 was just bubbling. Yeah. Um, and. So I, you know, thought, man, now that I'm in a safe place yeah. and I'm reminded of that trauma of my introduction to motherhood, that trauma of my son's introduction to life yeah. <laughs> is constantly on my mind all day long, you know, cause I can, anyway, from my studio yeah. on campus so, you know, all these different little things kind of started to develop and that's kind of how it goes and you kind of pick and choose and yeah. how projects yeah. develop and yeah. directions you're going. So I, you know, was like, okay, I did decide I want to go to through that avenue of reclaiming my motherhood and um, themes of resilience and themes of claiming personhood yeah. Um, and, uh, I do remember one time, at one point, my professor, he asked me, you know, like, well, well, what does it mean to be a mother? And like, you know, and I, I talked about protecting my children. He's like, well, what does it look like? What do you even mean by that? Yeah. You know? And I thought, Oh, I'm protecting them from all of these things, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not okay with the religion I grew up in. That's yeah. all around us, yeah. you yeah. know? And, and my professor's not LDS and, you know, Anyway, so I just thought, oh, I kind of have to sort of talk about that a little bit because yeah. that's kind it of at part of the, it. Yeah. Part of the core of it. Yeah. Anyway, so and and I'm am try, I'm trying to do it through a lens cuz I that um is more safer for a wider audience sure. because I'm, a bit you know, more broad. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and I want to say it from my personal experience. Yeah. Um, you want anyway. to speak personally, but you want it to be able to be like Ex understood by anyone who wants to, who, who could feel it. Exactly. Yeah. I want to be accessible to them. Yeah. 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 And I want, and I'm doing it to share. So I don't want them right. to feel attacked or anything like that. Yeah. 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 So, um, I started to kind of, I uh, decided to have it go through. Um, it has elements of kind of going through a uh, bit of fantasy. Okay. So, um, uh, so like one of them, there's kind of a main character that sort of pops up here and there. Okay. She represents myself. Um, and she's, she's going through a journey. Um, and she kind of the way my show started and the beginning of my master's degree, I start, I was doing abstracts, um, with charcoal and, you know, applying them and racing them out yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And it was me trying to figure out what I got these old 
wounds yeah. and memories and thoughts and things like that that are suppressed. And I kind of thought of them like there's little hidden corners where they're sitting. Yeah. I'm I'm ready now. I don't know how to engage them. Yeah. Um, so that's a part of it. So and then I wanted to so as far as doing it through a little bit of fantasy, I want him uh and it's through kind of a Celtic sort yeah, of I lens. Was gonna, I was waiting for you to say it because Ryan told me this part. So okay. t- do you want to just tell the listener like why? Why it's yes. through a Celtic lens? Yeah, yeah. There's a, yeah, a few reasons. Um, one, I felt that it would be a little bit of a safer sidestep to sure. be able to have it be in a realm that's not real for the audience to engage and experience. You know, just like little animals that are personified that are in children's yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can tell stories in a safer space. Right. Yep. So it's one place removed. Um, so that is one reason. Another is that it's my maternal line, okay. which is 100% fitting for motherhood. Yeah. And then another one is... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so growing up, you know, I, I heard about like Celtic goddesses and like these total badasses that were warriors and were independent and had all these totally dynamic personalities, which is absolutely I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I was always interested in them. And then me now, I wanted to be able to have like a goddess. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I don't believe in yeah. <laughs> goddesses or, you know, anything yeah. like that. But for yeah. me, sort of be able to have like reclaiming yeah. a goddess figure for mm-hmm. me. Um, so there is a god, an Irish goddess that's called the Morgan, and you know, and she's like she's a triptych or uh, trinity of herself. There's like three different sisters, and yeah, she's a ship shaper. Like Avalon stuff, M- Morgan, like Morgan, the same Morgan from like the Arthurian legend, or different Morgan. I don't know because there's okay. a handful of different okay. Morgans, and okay. it actually, you know, there's little snippets. Yeah, like there's it's such. So a no, Arthurian is like mixture, English, but Irish right. is right there, so. Right. Yeah, but anyway, and, okay. I so she's kind of like spelling. a spelling. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's, and uh, so I did end up doing an independent study with a professor from the history department. Okay, cool. Um, and, and that's her specialty. Amazing. It was so awesome. I loved it. Read yeah. so much. My brain hurts. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, you know, over time, it's just such a melding pot mixture yeah. of all the mythology and stuff like that. So, and then it was kind of, I had a little, Oh my duh. Yeah. <laughs> Experience. And it was like this semester that I went, you know, that I thought, oh, I've always yearned for a goddess of my life. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I had a goddess. Yeah. All Who? along. Who? What? Yeah. This nameless, faceless, absent mother of all oh, things. Oh. A goddess. I yeah. actually had one. Yeah. <laughs> the whole yeah. freaking time. Yeah. The thing that I wanted so desperately. Yeah. And so, she was taken from us. Yeah. And also, there's there's nothing of her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. of course, I didn't have a god. I didn't have one. Yeah. But it's just irony that she was sitting there all the time. Yeah, I had one, but right. it empty. Anyway. Wait, so tell me about the beetle. Oh, okay. Okay, so. <laughs> bless my committee. Who are, you know, a group of professors uh, that will work with the grad students individually on 
progression of their show. So I, you know, still kind of jumping all over the place, still trying to figure out how it's going to combine stuff and which directions to go. So last, uh, this last summer with one year coming, (laughs) I started drawing beetles and I was like, oh, I don't know what, I'll just start drawing beetles, you know, and I show my committee and this was at the very end of the summer. And they're like, oh, okay. Why are you don't, drawing yeah. beetles? You know, okay, just don't, don't go down that road too far. Or, you know, they were trying to be really supportive. Yeah. I just discovered my mask is upside down. Oh no. <laughs> so the little metal bridge on my nose is not, not supporting because it's not there. Okay. Anyway, and then you know, and then it was actually, it was actually Ryan that said, well, maybe there's something with the beetles. You know, if you looked at any mythology, Irish or Celtic mythology with beetles or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. No, I didn't. Yeah. He's like, let's look some stuff up. So we did. And we came across a beetle that's called the Dergadal. And it's an actual real physical beetle that lives in Ireland. It's native to Ireland. And it's really, it's small. It's like the length of my pinky it's jet black matte color it's not shiny um it has it's nocturnal it has like these massive uh pinchers um jaw and it's it's a predator um and it is referred to like the most feared beetle in all of of all of ireland and it's called the devil's beetle and you know, all these different things. And it was, you know, people were encouraged to destroy it anytime they saw it in real life. And little children were, you know, taught to smash it with their boots. And um, what happens is that the beetle, it will curl its tail up, up and over. So it, it creates a circle with its body okay. when it's um, trying to defend when or... It's scared, yeah. Yeah. So... If you were able to smash the beetle with your boot before she curled her tail, and if you cursed it with the seven deadly sins, you could transfer your sins onto the beetle. Oh. Yeah, which is yeah. kind of interesting. And yeah. then and then also there's legends. The Dergadal. Okay, this is of my understanding. So any yeah. Irish person or historian. I doubt there are any Irish historians listening, but if there are, yeah, (laughs) if there are, Holly is speaking from her understanding. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, is that she, uh, the Jericho was kind of seen as a female figure. And there is one story legend where there was, and and this is like supposed to be a super duper old one. So the Dergadal is kind of seen like as a sinful female. Yeah. Um, and there, the, one of the, the stories was a female in a community, community in Ireland committed some sin. The Catholic uh, father of the community um, cursed her at the congregation and cast her out and also told the congregation anyone who interacts with her will also... Um, uh, be in danger of eternal damnation. Yeah. So she was shunned and, you know, exiled. So, and there's, you know, other, there's a, another story there reference where she, oh, and she's cursed to anything she touches or loves will die. Wow. And um, in a motherly uh, way. 
So, and there's, you know, another story where she, the Derrida doll lives up in a mountain and, you know, they won't let their children near her. And one story, mm-hmm. she saves this little girl who's drowning, saves her and um, takes care of her, takes her back to her family. The little girl, you know, ha- grew an affection for the Derrida doll, who was called the Derrida doll, a physical woman. Um, and would want to try to go back to her and things like that. But within a month, the little oh girl God. dies of a broken heart. And then the Dergadal dies from a broken heart that she couldn't yeah. help this child be part of her life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So now another important part to me about the Dergadal is that in real life, it would have been, um, it was also blamed for the, uh, destruction or the failure of farmers' crops because yeah. they thought the Dergadal was destroying it. When in actuality, the Dergadal would... Um, like pollinate? Eat, or, no, it oh, would, uh, eat, it would eat all the bugs that wow. actually were destroying the fields. Oh my God, Holly, this is so cool. I know, it's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> so, you yeah. Know, so have, like, that's like magic. I mean, that's like true magic that you just like were dreaming of beetles like i know yeah what that's so crazy i know totally yeah okay so sorry so continue so she's eating the bugs yeah so yeah so she's yeah eating the bugs this is a bug that is totally misunderstood um, that is shunned and destroyed and cursed all these things that are actually ha- happened to the yeah. real actual beetle and absorbs the sins of anyone yes. who kills it yes <laughs> and silent and you know <laughs> yeah and it only made me go oh my gosh I so resonate yeah. with this beetle yeah you know with here uh, me growing up as a female Within my culture of Mormonism, I felt uh, unvalued and the things that I could give and benefit the community, I was not able to share or develop because I'm a female. So I, you know, I also felt like, oh my gosh, this is like symbolic annihilation. (laughs) Me and all of these powerhouse women that can't give and are um, misunderstood like the beetle who are sometimes blamed for things that are not what's happening uh, who are not this you know can't be part of decision making and you know they can't benefit the whole which hurts the females and males it hurts everyone and it it just it just and rubs my yeah. brain and so wrong yeah. you know that to you know, people that have so much to give can't you know give and benefit uh anyway so in my thesis show the dear Godal is a quiet a figure that kind of follows the main uh, character. Yeah. Yeah, As she's going through her journey, kind of like a kind of quiet comrade there. Yeah. Yeah, There. Exactly. And she has the power to protect and 
uh, stuff like that. So she's there just in case. And then the Morgan, who is the war goddess, um, she also uh, is part of like, she's kind of a guardian of the thresholds of like life and death. Okay. Um, and she, she is mostly kind of thought of and referred to as like the war goddess and, you know, but her characteristics, it's, you know, quite more dynamic. Um, anyway, so she ends up being a figure of someone who is kind of a guide as this woman's going through her journey. And there's parts where I identify with the Morgan goddess and the main character identifies with her as well. Um, and some other parts of my show too. So one of the other themes too is with me trying to, uh, define and reclaim my motherhood was also accepting and realizing and accepting that motherhood is not the way it's, uh, commonly in my interpretation of what I saw as commonly described as, you know, it's beautiful and magical and, and special all the things, which it is, but also the ugly, the horror, the, (laughs) the terror, the, you know, gross. Yeah. All those parts are not described and not talked about. And also sometimes seen as, you know, that's bad. Yeah. And it's like Like taboo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, that's my experience. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So with me trying to identify that is how it is totally complex and ambiguous and abstract and not cut and dry. That's not life. And that's also not my motherhood, nor my personhood. Um, and so parts of my show, um, the mediums I use, you know, there's, there's some acrylic washes and then it's charcoal on top of that. Um, and so it kind of lends a sort of, uh, atmosphere that's I've seen a little one of them. creepy, yeah. a little pretty, little, you know. The one that I saw, like, blew me away. It's so beautiful. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks. So, like, <laughs> deeply moving. I can't wait to see your show. Ah, super. But sorry, go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt you. Oh, I no, just it's good. want to interject a praise. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. So, so you were saying it's kind of, it's a little creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little creepy, a little eerie. Um, Which represents like the parts of motherhood that are, yeah, that are scary, that are gross, scary, bad, yeah, yeah. and they're <laughs> not bad, but I mean, well, but, I guess that's up to you to say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a little mixture of everything, you know, and and especially it's just, uh, and it's kind of a, it's a bit of a response to from, you know, and, and this is Western yeah. world culture too, yeah. but then even from. Uh, my Mormon upbringing for me, for it to be important for me to um, express my motherhood visually with that kind of mixture, because that is my experience. Um, anyway, yeah, for there to be that kind of mixture. Um, da, da, da. I don't want to interrupt you, but so I do. I kind of lost my train of oh, No, that's so okay. Good. If, if there's anything else you want to say about your show, just say it at any time. But I think I'd maybe just have like one last like little train of questions, which mm-hmm. is like, how do you feel if, if, it, if it's okay for me to ask, 
How do you feel that you fit in your family as an artist now? Like, you know, we talked about that a lot at the beginning. Like, how does it feel to you now? Right. And I mean, like, your your big family. Right. Okay. Um, well. <laughs> um, so, I did leave Mormonism 11 years ago. The number yeah. popped into my brain finally. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, so, I don't know where yeah. it's going to fit in. Yeah. Because I've kind just be, um, I do plan on doing, uh, children's book illustrations and other kinds of illustrations. And also I want to continue to see where this other, this other avenue yeah. will go. And I want to keep developing it and, yeah. uh, pursuing it. So as far as like the illustration world, I know that that will still fit within my family and also kind of a little side thought being in the, the program I am right now also helped me realize, yes, I do actually want to be an illustrator and children's book illustrator. That wow. actually still is really a real genuine part of me wow, as a great. person and artist. So that's like that's reassuring. A, that's a reclaiming too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, but as far as the themes of my thesis show, I've kind of like kept my cards real, you know, close. Yeah, I've, yeah. cause I've been worried. Uh, cause I, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, mm -hmm. but also mm -hmm. I don't want to edit my own experience and yeah. edit my opportunity to be able to share my experience right. and my voice. So I, you know, I thought, you know what, I'm just not going to say anything. I'll just let them see my show and read the different art statements and, See what happens there, wow, that's <laughs> which is huge. Yeah, which is kind of still sort of how it is. Um, well, that's a crazy thought. I mean, I know exactly what you mean, but like, just even the thought that you could like hurt someone's feelings with like the art you make in this kind of way is also just like it's a totally unnecessary burden. It is, um, and it's but I know sad. what you mean. Yeah. Okay, I have one last question that's just like fully selfish because it's just like what I'm like because. I, I've mentioned it a few times, like, I feel like I'm, I've been going through a, a, a thing, you know, for maybe a, two years, maybe a year. I don't know. You know how these things are. They right, come at exactly. you with, like with little fingers. Right. Um, and, uh, I feel like I'm trying to make more room for like those kinds of what other art can come out of me, mm -hmm. you know, these kinds of questions. Um, and, I struggle a lot with feeling like, like, I think I struggle with age. Like, mm -hmm. like I worry that, um, it will be difficult for people to accept like me having a personal Renaissance, you know, like mm -hmm. in my thirties, which is not even, it's not old, but I think it's just like an identity thing. Like, you know, it, it almost kind of makes it feel like <clears throat> either I was like inauthentic before or something's inauthentic now. And I don't feel that way, but it it's, it's difficult for me to explain or justify bear, leave her alone. I'm sorry, Holly. That's okay. <laughs> Are you allergic? No, no. Cats. Just, you just, it's Dogs, just I'm pretty good. <laughs> um, okay. Sorry, bear. She doesn't That's want okay. you over there. Come over here. I'll pet you. Um, 
anyway, yeah, I think I, I just, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit to like step into like something new because I have these kind of fears about what it means to, I don't know. Like, I just, I'm scared of, I'm scared, I'm scared about it. And I'm wondering if, if like, just if you feel any of that and it, and if, or if you have any like thoughts about what to do about it, mm-hmm. like what's your experience with, with that kind of thing? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just flooded with lots of ideas. Great, great. <laughs> thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go on my I'm, train. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Um, um, yes. Okay. I'll just start jumping around. Okay. Great. So, yes, I have seen, okay, with me, with myself, I am um, know that that could totally happen. And, you know, it has throughout my career of, yeah. as things develop as a human and yeah. your career and everything like that. And um, I, what made me think of one of my thoughts while you're talking was, um, I remember meeting, uh, Mark English. He was, uh, illustrator and he did editorial and, uh, advertisement illustrations. One of the nation's top guys, mm, yeah. covers of time magazine, all that kind of stuff. Um, totally heavy hitter. Yeah. I met him and towards the end of his career, he started doing, um, gallery okay. art and you know and it was a kind of really cool kind of mixture of fine art and illustration yeah. and abstract all mixed together cool but I was like what the heck what's Why he doing, doing? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like at the end of his career yeah what's going on you know anyway um but it's just made me go wait I can do that yeah and that happens and yeah. it happens to like the top tier In, yeah Okay, so that yeah. was something totally new introduced yeah. to me that that is good and fine yeah. if that yeah. happens. Um, and also, I, you know, I thought, well, I guess I wonder if he misses. I, I didn't actually get to talk to him more about that. Yeah. I met him, it was really short. Anyway, um, and then I, you know, since then started noticing that happening, you know, with, with different Other people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, professionals and stuff like that. Um, and, and people who would take totally different career paths and yeah. stuff. And I thought, you know, do they feel like they're abandoning their past or, yeah, or not so being true and authentic? Yeah, it's like because... a permission thing for me, I think. I feel like I struggle with like the permission of it. And yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and me as an artist right now, too, I mean, I'm, I've, I've, tied in my narrative illustration flavor to the yeah, yeah. art that I'm doing right now. But it's also, yeah, I had to be like, okay, I'm going to go for it. So are you, are you feeling like, what is the balance of like nervous and excited that you're feeling right now as you're preparing to like unveil this? Cause it's, it's soon, right? Like yeah, your soon. show is like this spring. Like Yes. Opens, when- the physical show opens May 24th to June 5th. Okay. And it's on campus, the campus gallery, Gittins Gallery, um, in the art department. Um, and then I'll be doing a real, not reality, <laughs> a virtual show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like last, you know, third week in okay. May or something like that. Yeah. So, how, um, what, are you, so what do you feel like? I think well, that's like just the last yeah. thing I want to hear. I'm feeling a bit of like hot pressure under my seat. <laughs> <laughs> totally on the hot seat to like, oh, cause there's. 
there's, you know, there's a handful of, I need to finish like three to four more paintings before then. But also it's just, it's just such a bummer deal because I can also kind of feel like the next bits of um it unfolding and developing of like right and well you'll just have like to do I'm, a second show you're still you're there what you you're trying to say is you're just kind of in the middle of it still yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's just plain it's, it's maturation just, that's yeah. just the way things go when you're yeah. creating stuff you yeah. know you just have to you try to yeah I totally get that. Yeah. I totally get that. I mean, my album that I just released um, in in May of 2020, Masks, yeah, by the time I was ready to release it, I was, I was dealing with a whole new, like, there was a whole new world of stuff uh-huh. that I was, like, ready to dig into. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said before, you said a sentence like, there's this stuff in, in these corners that I'm not sure how to engage with. And mm-hmm. I, I really resonate with that idea too. Like sometimes you like, you know, it's there and it's not that you're trying to ignore it. You just really don't know how to engage it. Yeah, like exactly. how do I coax it out of there? How do I even, what is, what is even the, the, the method like whereby I even start to like, look at this. Exactly. Um, I feel that so much. So that that's exciting. Um, yeah. so, okay. Well, I think we've pretty much done it. Is there anything else you want to say about, is there anything else that you feel is unsaid about art, about creativity, about art identity, anything, anything you thought you had wanted to say and didn't say yet? It's okay uh, if there's not, there's, I just well, want to. One thing came to my mind and it's, you know, it's a little, it's kind of practical advice or also kind of, I mean, if people have heard before it's like yes yeah yeah (laughs) but if it's brand new I think some practical advice for some artists you know it does kind of depend on the avenue of art that you're going into um but if you go into like the fine art world actually any still any kind of art freelance illustrator whatever you know you you gotta figure out how to make written language it's not an enemy (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. for it to be part of your communication sure yeah um because I and I feel this way so dyslexia I'm not a writer and it is so difficult yeah yeah (laughs) but I do it and it's like pulling my hair out to get it done not to avoid it um but and and you know there is this kind of common thing with two-dimensional arts sometimes that it's like but I'm trying I'm visually explaining it that's how I, yeah. that's how I communicate is yeah. visually you know I right. don't want to do it through yeah. you know written or I don't want to have to tell like you what that. my painting's about because exactly. it, the painting is about the painting exactly exactly yeah. but it can be your ally yeah <laughs> and unfortunately yeah. you do need to use you you got to build you need to write some stuff yeah. so as far as like you know even bios and uh i have to write a new bio like that, today that's like... on my to-do list today and i'm yeah I'm yeah. not looking forward to it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and I'll be passing along a bio. So please don't judge okay. me. Anyone who yeah. reads my bio from what I'm talking about right now. No, but No one will judge. Good, good. Anyway, but uh, so, you know, look up other people's bios and their artist yeah. statements and all that kind of stuff. Um, but one of the ways, so one, it's going to help. Uh, you need to, it's an unnecessary 
evil or whatever yeah Yeah. it's it's, a necessary evil yeah Yeah. it's gotta it's it's part it's gonna it's part of the the business world but it can be an ally in that when you are able to also communicate what you're visually expressing into word it also can help you as the artist go oh that is what i'm trying to say or That explains it better, and then actually it can help you develop something yeah. visually even more. Anyway, so totally. I think it's just another really layer. Great advice, and that's like I'll I'll have to think a little bit about what the principle is there for other mediums because I'm sure, like, because I think I feel the I feel I feel the opposite direction. Like figuring out how to represent. Like I'm I'm very you know not all musicians are like this, but I'm very visual. Like it's really it's important to me, and. Like I spend a lot of time trying to make sure that the visuals communicate the the mute like that they're companions, right? And I feel like I'm sure that they're I'm like when you're talking about words being an ally to your visuals, and I'm thinking about visuals being an ally to my sounds. Uh huh. Um, right, right. I have to think there's a principle there that's like Absolutely, not yeah. medium specific. Right. But maybe right, right. just, maybe it's just, maybe the principle is just like, these are all languages, mm-hmm. but the thing that we have in common is like humanity. So learning right. how to kind right. of like, I don't know, speak different art languages is kind of, I mean, I definitely feel like that's important. I don't yeah. know that that's a the principle, but that's a principle. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You know, um, it, which is why I love talking to all kinds of artists because yeah. <laughs> it's just human. It's like what you were saying before. It's just like, you know, ultimately what we're doing is like expressing and communicating and the more ways that we can figure out how to like, how to do that, you know, the more, um, more people our work can find. Yeah, exactly. Well, Holly, yeah. it's been so lovely to talk to you. I always ask everybody at the very end, um, on this day, what's your dream collaboration? Any medium, any time period, mm-hmm. who is someone that you would love to work with? Or you can assemble a team if you, you don't have to pick one person. What's your dream My collaboration? <laughs> you guys should. I mean, I I'm sure you will at some point. Right. But I love that answer. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, like... Oh my gosh, well, the world's been we collaborating can together. Like, you've just been doing it. Like your entire development is collaboration. True. Right. Um, and then finally, where can people find your work? Yes. So my website is artbyholly.com. And then I am also on il- uh, Instagram, illustrations uh, by Holly. So cool. illustrations.by. And your yeah. show, t- you kind of said it, but say say the details for your show again. Like the Like where is place? it and when is it? And then for people that can't come physically, okay. how do they find the... I want to call it a reality show too, virtual. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the strange world we're living in right now anyway. Um, uh, it So it's will be at the Gittins Gallery, okay. which is... So it's on the University of Utah. And it's over near um, the college's, uh, they've got a separate museum, okay. UMFA. Um, so it's kind of kitty corner. So that's sort of the area. It's, it's okay. kind of by the football field. Okay, um, anyway, uh, yeah, and it's free mission and stuff like that. So you'd just want to look and up it's on May 24th, 24th through June 5th. 5th. Yeah, through 5th. June 5th. Yes. 
Okay. Yeah, and so you know, you just want to look up on okay. their website then, yeah, to okay. find out times. I'll it's open put your all. links in. Then assuming, okay. assuming, uh, presumably, your links will link them to the show. Yes. Okay. Yes. Great. Yeah. Holly, thank you so much. It was so nice to talk with you. Yeah. Thank you you're too. Amazing. This... And your oh, thanks. This whole idea, <laughs> I just like. Yeah, Ryan told me a little bit about it. I just talked to him at the beginning of the semester in the fall uh-huh. for like a minute. And he told me a little bit and I was like, Ugh. and like just hearing it more from you. I just, it's magic. It's like pure oh, magic. It's so awesome. exciting. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Very exciting. Very enjoyable. Thank this you. Was great. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our theme song is As You Are from My Album Masks with artwork and merch designs by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, you can reach me through my website, emilymerrellmusic.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-M-E-R-R-E-L-L music.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.